Welcome to the MetPro Method Podcast. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe. Today, I'm joined by MetPro coach Ryan McMullen and MetPro creator Angelo Poli. Today, we will be discussing fuel for endurance athletes. Ryan and Angelo, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Fun to be here, Crystal. I am excited to talk about this subject. Let's start with why we're discussing it. Why is it important to discuss fuel for endurance athletes specifically? Yeah, I'm I'm really glad we're bringing this to light because it's a common question. A lot of our clients are endurance athletes, they're cyclists, they're runners, they're swimmers, triathletes, Ironman, you name it. And they carry a really specific set of what they need to get through these endurance. And it's not just the food that they're eating through the day. So particularly for the endurance athletes. That's why we're discussing it, why we're bringing it to light and what people need to know in regards to fuel. That makes sense. I like this topic because I like to win. (laughs) 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 My my athletes know that about me. I am a big fan of winning. If we are going to compete, let's do good. You know, let's give it our all. It's probably the single easiest, lowest hanging fruit. When I start with a new athlete, now I'm talking higher level athletes here, more competitive. When I start with a new athlete, if they do not yet have structure to their nutrition, I mean, maybe they eat good, They know a lot of the right strategies, but they don't have a calculated structure. I can, with about 90% confidence, say within two weeks, we'll be able to hit some PRs. It's that impactful. Having structure in your nutrition is hard, but if you want to take your performance as an endurance athlete to the next level, it makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. But if we're saying fuel in general is food, are we simply saying it's just important to work out or to eat before you work out? Or is it more nuanced than that? (laughs) The famous answer, it depends, right? (laughs) You know, it's so interesting because I talk to my clients all day about this and some need something in their stomach substantial before they go work out. And if you're like me, I don't like something in my stomach, at least substantial where there's, you know, some protein, some fats and carbs. I just feel full and not great. And that's pretty typical across the board. You're going to find some people do better with something in their stomach and some with nothing. But the nothing is the the kind of the scary part, because then we need to talk about pre-fueling and what you need, particularly for that endurance type activity. Someone that's comfortable getting in their breakfast or something before they go work out, or maybe it's later in the day, it's a little bit easier because they have something in there. But for those that don't work out, some sort of pre-fuel might be necessary and then kind of segue that into fueling during their exercise, depending on how long it is. And everyone's digestive system is similar. Typically, what most people are thinking of here is, you know, if they train in the morning, you know, if you train later in the day, you will have eaten first. The question is, How first, you know, 30 minutes before, two hours before. So I think we're talking about specifically AM fueling. Should I have breakfast before I work out? Here's the truth. If you're a beginner, that's up to you and your digestive system. That's going to be. If you're getting up and planning on running 18 to 24 miles, you will need fuel if you want to perform your best. And who is doing that on a given day? Unless there's a marathon. Give me a few names. I got a guy right now who's. (laughs) getting ready for the uh, Ironman at Kona. So he's in the top 1%. And you would be amazed at the fuel that we are packing down him first thing in the morning. Though, 
See, to Ryan's point, we have to get creative at that level. I need to get him a lot of grams of carbs, but he can't feel like he has a heavy stomach sloshing around. So that's where a little bit of strategy comes in. But Ryan gave the correct answer. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. Generally speaking, if PRs are your primary consideration, more fuel is better than less fuel as a general rule. Now, what types of activities need fueling? Are we saying every workout? Are we saying certain types of endurance workouts? Like narrow it down for me a bit. All workout needs fuel. All of it. If you're strength training, if you're in the pool, if you're doing endurance work, it does not matter. All training needs fuel. It just depends on the length of time that you're going to be out there. If you're in the gym doing strength training and you have a breakfast beforehand and then go to the gym and do an hour of a strength training workout, there's fuel in your nutrition. There's fuel on the day-to-day basis. But if we're talking about endurance work that lasts beyond an hour, you know, 90 minutes, two hours long, these big runs, now we're discussing fueling for that length of time. So all working out needs fuel. It's just what do we need to fuel for that specific type of exercise? I mean, I think Angelo and I are really talking about endurance. That is like the area that we're talking about that needs proper fuel. And there are, it's true, there's additional table stakes when you're talking about higher end endurance athletics. There's a little bit more wiggle room. So I've trained and I've even competed with, but mostly trained with some very high level strength athletes, power lifters, et cetera. And there's a little bit more forgiveness as to how they choose to fuel right before they go in and try and hit a PR. If somebody plays around with their nutrition, doesn't have a good structure, a good game plan and routine in place for their pre-run fuel, and they're about to go and try and hit a PR doing a marathon, that is not the time to experiment. Things can go sideways really fast. And part of that is the central nervous system drain and the taxation level on your entire musculoskeletal system, digestive system, energetic system, when you're pushing your body to that level of endurance. And part of it is the mechanic of how your body utilizes fuel. So with endurance athletes, there's, like we said, that extra table stakes where you could be conditioned properly for the activity and the demands. But if you run out of fuel because you're at it for too long and you haven't optimally replenished your glycogen stores, now you end up having to tap your reserves and simply reach a point where your body can run out of fuel prior to reaching your absolute potential and performance had it not ran out of fuel. That's why this is most common among endurance athletes. So having said all of that, how do you know how much fuel you should be using for the different types of workouts? Yeah, this is probably the most important thing. And with my clients, I like to work backwards. So start with goals and how long it's going to be lasting for. So goals is a good one because is the primary, you know, I really make my clients kind of pick, is your goal fat loss? Is it still weight loss? Are we still trying to get the body composition to a point where you're happy with your, you know, fighting weight rather, right? And then how long is the activity going to last for? Right. So when it comes to, I'll start with, you know, the person that's still wanting to lose weight, that person is anything that lasts longer than an hour of exercise, they're going to need something. But 
the amount of fuel that they're going to intake is less, right? Because we're not shooting for these massive PRs or, you know, this performance oriented kind of goal setting. So for that person, my recommendation is 20 to 30 grams of carbs per hour beyond an hour to an hour and 15 minutes of exercise. So if it's going to be an hour long or less, you know, 40 minutes of activity, they don't need anything because their goal is still fat loss. We can control that through nutrition, but anything beyond that, I'm going to want them still fueling to, you know, I joke with my clients, like this is a get through the workout, not a, you know, performance-based, right? And then if you cycle into performance-based athletes, they're happy with their weight, their body composition, that's an entirely different set. So the grams increase to 40 to 60 grams per hour of exercise beyond an hour of exercise. And that's performance-based. So there's no fat loss goal going on there. There's no weight loss goal happening. That is purely to get them best times, the best structure, and the best that they can feel throughout their run. Ryan is correct. That really is the most technical question that we'll probably cover today. Do you know how much to fuel. And so that is specifically what we do at MetPro is we run all of our analytics and we watch how your body responds to get to that answer because the truth is that answer is going to be very different for each person. Ryan threw out some very, very good, simple starting point numbers that would be a great starting place if you're unsure where to begin. I also really liked how he said work backwards. I think that's really the key. So, you know, and I always like to be able to give people a sense of here are practical action steps. How much should I fuel? So what can I do tomorrow? So the first thing I would recommend, and these are generalized, but the first thing I would recommend is start getting consistent meals throughout your day. If you're an endurance athlete looking to increase your performance, I'd love to see you eating anywhere from four to six times a day, consistent meals, roughly equivalent. They don't have to be identical in macros, but Instead of having all of your calories at one meal at night and hardly anything throughout the day, try and get them somewhat even throughout the day. That should be goal number one. Goal number two is if you do that and you are not gaining weight, you likely have room on the table to increase. Any increase in your fuel, particularly in the form of carbohydrates, is going to enhance your performance as long as it doesn't lead to excessive body fat gain. Most people are surprised how quickly their metabolism will acclimate to increased carbohydrates when they're doing regular endurance work. So if you find that you're eating four, five, six times a day, add up how many grams of carbs you're getting on average, see if you can just increase that five or 6%. If a few days later, you're not gaining weight, try again. And again, some people find they're able to increase 15, 20% in a matter of a couple of weeks. That's all fuel to aid in your performance, your recovery. I've had clients who have been able to triple, I'm not exaggerating, triple their carbohydrate intake. I have one high level athlete right now. He was eating a, you know, 140 to 160 grams of carbs a day because that's what he thought his body could tolerate. By increasing gradually, he was able to get up to nearly 400 grams a day, and he absolutely killed it in competition. He put on about a pound of muscle. 
The reason we don't talk about that as much is because a lot of people are also running or cycling or participating in endurance sports at the same time with a goal of fat loss. So the rules shift just a little, and we'll talk about that later. But all things being equal, more. <laughs> Try and have more fuel. If more fuel is causing a negative side effect, which would be body fat accumulation, stop. Don't assume that more fuel, if added gradually, will cause that. Wait and see. Don't be scared. You're not going to wake up, look in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, what happened? That doesn't happen overnight. You're going to have plenty of heads up if it's too much fuel for your body. Start gradual. You might be surprised at really how that can transform your running, your cycling, your endurance times. Okay, so we've got some really good guidelines for how much fuel. So when do you consume this fuel when you're going to be working out? Pre and during is the simple answer, right? So you need something going in. If you're going to embark on an hour plus of endurance work, whether that's cycling or swimming, running, doesn't matter. You need something beforehand. Normally, like we said, a breakfast or some form of snack that's got a good balance of protein, fat, carbs, like that's, that's going to set you off on the right track. And then during the exercise is kind of the key here. And, and finding that person to person is going to be a little bit different. But what I like to tell my clients is it's better to be ahead of it than to be behind it. Once those glycogen stores are gone, it is hard to replenish them and get them back up. So, you know, we say, you know, that 20 to 30 grams per hour, if your goal is fat loss, 40 to 60 per hour, I like my athletes taking it right around the 40 to 45 minute mark. That's going to give the body time to digest, process it, replenish those glycogen stores so they don't have those dips and then those massive peaks in energy. The idea is to kind of have a flat line and stabilization of that energy throughout whatever they're doing. Yeah, that's it. Exactly what Ryan said, pre and intra training fuel. With my clients, you know, we're always riding that line because a lot of people come to us with dual goals. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just recognizing that a table stay different. I want to get PRs. I want to improve my performance, but I also want to see body weight reduction. You really have to know what your goal is. So here's a small nuance that'll maybe help our listeners. When somebody is just coming to me and, and we're not talking about a performance athlete or, or an endurance athlete, they're just coming to become more athletic and lose weight. When we go through metabolic revving cycles, these are periods of time where our goal is to acclimate their metabolism to more intake. Why do we do that? So we have leverage for a good cutting cycle. <laughs> you know, lots of people say, you know, cutting carbs works good for weight loss. Why aren't you doing it? Because you've got your carbs. You don't have any more to cut. That's why. <laughs> so in those cases, the typical strategy is going to be the more meals you can spread the carbs out across the day, generally, the easier it is to get your body to acclimate without that side effect we talked about, fat accumulation. <laughs> so we're spreading them out evenly across the day. And I get asked all the time, where do I begin? Do I start by adding to dinner, lunch, breakfast, snack? And the answer is start early in your day. So all things being equal, if someone was getting a small amount of carbs across the day and all of their meals, and now I want to increase them further, I would generally start with breakfast and then work towards lunch and then last work up through afternoon snack towards dinner. Here's a nuance different. 
If I have an athlete who's participating in endurance sports, sometimes I will bend that rule and I will add the first increase to whatever meal is prior to their training. So if they train in the afternoon, I might first add the increased carbs to lunch. What I would never do, however, is add the second, third, and fourth increase also to lunch. Once Mm -hmm. you increase that meal a little, spread the rest throughout the day, you can circle back. So you want a roughly even distribution where possible with a slight nudge and increase leaning towards pre-training fuel. Carbohydrates are going to be the dominant fuel source, the dominant macronutrient that's going to facilitate that performance and energy. And so when you're specifically doing an endurance workout, when do you fuel during that. So I know earlier, Ryan, you said, you know, there's some kind of guidelines that you have and, you know, thinking about pre and and during, but what specifically should we be looking for for your endurance workouts? Yes, I'll handle that one. That's kind of along the lines of what Ryan said. About 45 minutes is the sweet spot. You have some wiggle room. So I tell people on average, start adding into training fuel. Okay. So you're supplementing with high glycemic, essentially sugar, during your runs, your rides, your endurance activities, if you're going to be doing activity that lasts over about an hour. And if there's wiggle room with some of my athletes, I know they're well tolerant of it. I let it go to an hour 15 because their primary goal is fat loss. So my high level athletes who are really in the training trenches, we get ahead of it. We have them start doing it around 45 minutes, like Ryan mentioned. In general, if you're going to participate in endurance activity that lasts between one to about two and a half hours. Supplement with 25, 30 grams per hour. If you're going to be participating in an activity that lasts over two and a half hours, that's where, like Ryan said, you can bump that up to 40 to 60, 30 to 60. Some people don't need as much. Again, if you have some dual goals, you know, you can wiggle, you have a little bit of wiggle room. 60 grams an hour is really kind of pushing the threshold of what humans can absorb. Some of my high level athletes were okay with a little bit above and beyond what they can absorb. And This is an area that's highly individualized. Each person will have to experiment a little bit to find what that sweet spot is. But basically, tier one is if you're thinking you need endurance supplements and to take sugar supplements during your run because you're going to run for about 35 minutes, you probably don't need it. (laughs) Let's just start with getting you solid nutrition. If you're going to last over an hour, start thinking about adding, you know, that 25 to 30 grams an hour range. And if you're at that athletic level where you're over two and a half hours, it's that kind of 30 to 60 ballpark that you want to start experimenting with well in advance of your competition to know what works. That's not the data. Start adding new things in. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to try refried beans as fuel for your run tomorrow. I think it'll work great. (laughs) nothing new on race day to piggyback off of that a little bit too i'm doing this actually with a few of my clients as well is sometimes figuring out what fuel the race is going to provide is Mm. essential and critical i have some athletes they say hey this race in particular is providing powdered gatorade is it my favorite no but do i want their stomach and their digestion to be acclimated to it absolutely 
right? I have a client in Australia right now. He is coming up on a marathon. They have a very specific supplement that they're going to offer and provide during the race. I have him on that now. We're 15 weeks out from his race. And I want him to get used to that supplement to make sure that it's not going to cause any sloshing around or digestive upset or anything like that. So if you are signing up for a race, you know, finding out what fuel they're going to offer and then bringing that into your diet early on as your source of fuel can be incredibly beneficial. That is excellent tip right there because that can be my stomach. It cannot tolerate Gatorade at all, like even a sip of it. And it's not good. So I always just take mine with me because races always have Gatorade here. (laughs) So I just stay away from it. (laughs) What about days that like, okay, you're training for a specific event. You use marathon as an example just now, Ryan. So we'll go with that. But there's days that you're not necessarily working out at all. So what if it's just a normal workout? It's not really a training day. Do you need to change fuel? Do do you need to do anything extra other than just good nutrition? I'm sure Angelo is going to expand on this way more than me, but (laughs) I like using nutrition is our variable, right? Like piggybacking off of what he said, creating that slow increase in carbs and what your body can tolerate. That's our variable. That's what we want to focus on is the day-to-day nutrition. And then fueling is a static right? Fueling can be that static point where we're not shifting around a much. You know, what is your goal? Is it fat loss or performance? Great. Here's the carbs that you're going to intake during exercise that last longer than an hour, hour and 15 minutes, right? For a person that's just training day-to-day basis, maybe their runs are a little bit longer. Yeah, we're going to have them fueling for that, but that's not my focus. My focus is on taking their day-to-day, their breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks in between and shifting those as they move through their training process. So variable is the day-to-day stuff and the static being that fueling for exercise, depending on how long it lasts and obviously your goals. Yep. I mean, Ryan's done this couple thousand times now. (laughs) So here's the deal. I meet people where they're at. And so, you know, if where you're at is the drive through, well, then let's just work on quality foods and you're going to see benefit from that. Once you are to the point where you're already understand and appreciate the value of healthy, clean eating for the most part, the next level is consistency. That's going to open up this whole additional gear you never knew you had available to you. Whether your goal is weight loss, whether your goal is muscle development, and whether your goal is PRs in your endurance sport, having a consistent routine is my absolute number one goal with any client out the gate. And the reason why is because no matter what, you are going to hit plateaus in your progress. Plateaus towards new PRs, plateaus towards body composition, plateaus towards weight goals, whatever it is. When you hit those plateaus, you are going to say, Angela, what do I do? And if you say to me, I eat something different every day, I am then going to say to you, I don't know. And I hate having to say that to my clients. Because that's very different from it depends. That is a very different answer. That is a very different answer. (laughs) I don't know. You don't know. Because we don't know what you're eating. So we don't know what is or isn't working. Which is why exactly what Ryan just said. I would rather you almost overfuel 
during your intra-training routine. In other words, take whatever fuel you need so that way you never have to worry about coming up short during those endurance sessions. During those endurance sessions. Every other day of the week, I want to have a routine. And yes, you read lots of articles where fitness gurus will say you have days where you eat more carbs and days where you eat less carbs. They are not wrong. What they are is frankly impractical. What I find is if someone is changing what they're eating day in and day out, over time, that always segues into nutritional chaos. It's simply too many hours a day to switch your meal plan, to prepare for different macros, different routines, and every day of the week, you're doing something different. I have a hard enough time getting my clients to stay consistent when I tell them, look, for the next two weeks, here's what we're doing for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. And you can shop for it, plan for it, and have it all ready to go in advance. Even with that, it's a challenge, let alone saying, Tuesday, we're going to change everything. Then you're going to be back to this routine on Wednesday. And then Thursday, we're going to change everything again. It just doesn't work. Scientifically relevant or not, from a practical standpoint, you won't do it. Therefore, I'd much rather have a consistent lever where I can say, you know, I like where we're going. I like your performance. But hey, how about we cut three to four pounds off of you? I know exactly what recommendations to make. Or hey, you're doing well. We're at a good body weight. Let's really push for that PR end of this month. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start actually increasing, giving your body a little more leverage. Here's a little more fuel, but we're going to add slowly. So End of this week, we're going to make the first adjustment. And the next week, we'll try making the second adjustment. And we're going to watch and see what happens. Now, of course, we do this at nauseum with our clients at MetPro. That's what our whole platform is designed to do is leveraging technology to help us get all of these analytics. We have these bars and these metrics that tell us whether you are likely to increase decrease or stay the same way based on what you're currently eating over the next six to nine days. We have all those metrics. The principles, however, anyone can apply. Anyone can apply. And it's very simple. If you want to recover faster, if you want more endurance, take in more fuel. If you're not sure if you can handle more fuel, try. And if you start gaining weight, stop. Yeah, that's the basics. That's, that's, the basics. <laughs> that's the basics. But you have to have a platform to spread it out throughout. It can't be, well, I think I ate a little more yesterday. Right. For years in my office, when we were actually on site before we switched to now just working remotely across the world, people would actually come to my office and I had this custom sign made that would be right behind where they would sit. And this sign said, I know... This isn't how you usually eat. And it would be right behind them. And every consult I had, they would share with me what they ate yesterday or the day before. And every single person would say, it's not how I usually eat. And I would say, I know there's a <laughs> turn around. <laughs> Humans are inherently bad at recalling what we take in as fuel. Our dietary habits, we are very, very poor. This has been studied to a great degree. Humans are inherently bad at, at recognizing and recalling, on average, what we have eaten. That's why if you have a routine, you have something you can anchor to, you have a dial and a lever to adjust, and you're going to get a predictable outcome. That's what it's all about, being strategic. 
Wonderful advice, guys. Is there anything else that we need to let people know about fuel for endurance athletes we haven't already covered? The last thing I would say is everyone's body is different. There's always going to be a trial and error, even working with the prof- even working with the professional. There's going to be some level of trial and error. Now, our team is pretty good at figuring those things out real fast, but each person is individual. So your digestive is gonna, system is going to be unique. Your recovery system is going to be unique. The meal plan that one person may think is a starvation diet may feel like too much food for the next person. The key yeah. is finding out where you're at and then based on that, having your levers and your dials to adjust. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. I really appreciate your time, Ryan, Angelo. I guess listeners, that's all for this week. You can find the MetPro Method episodes anywhere you get podcasts or metpro.com slash podcast. Please be sure to follow the show and rate and review. That lets other people know what they can expect from the show. You can also learn more about MetPro at metpro.co. I am your host, Crystal O'Keefe, and I will be back next week. Until then, remember, consistency is key.